Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Jokic behind his back. What a taste like Jokic. your sitter. Wow. As long as there are fans on this is that's all I care about. So the Warrior fans come in here, the Celtic fans come in here, Laker fans come in here. I take that L on the way out. Welcome into the Pickaxe Podcast. I am Zach Nikosh. I am with Gordon Gross. We are with DenverStis.com. Here with you guys once again on Monday. Gordon, how was your weekend, sir? Weekend was all right, man. I mean, uh, it's always good when the Nuggets uh, win over the weekend. So I guess uh, part of the weekend sucked and part of the weekend was okay. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It was uh, didn't come in so great, but we finished, we finished, finished all right. strong. Yeah. That's right. Nuggets come out of the all-star break. They had two games this week, both division games, Oklahoma City Thunder and the Minnesota Timberwolves. We will, of course, break both of those down. And we're going to talk rotation, Michael Porter Jr. specifically when it comes to the rotation. That's going to be the first half of our show. Second half, we will look forward. Nuggets got three games on the slate this weekend. One gimme against the Detroit Pistons. At least you would, they lost to Detroit in Detroit, didn't they? Yes. <laughs> it sounds, that sounds about right. Nothing's a gimme um, for the Nuggets, man. That's like, right. They can take out like division leaders with no guys on like a back-to-back in 20 hours, but they're going to bomb out to like Detroit with three dudes. <laughs> Cleveland. They have. I, t- I wrote about this earlier in the week. Um, they've lost. They have three home losses that are that are like really, really hurt them. It's they lost at home to Cleveland. Uh, they lost at home to New Orleans, and they lost at home. I was to Atlanta. I think was the other one. Was Atlanta? Yikes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, so they've got that gimme against Detroit. We hope it's a gimme. Fingers crossed. No. It's a gimme. Right. So we won't. I'm not going to spend too much time. On that. I don't even know who plays for Detroit. Anymore? Anymore? Uh, who could say? We were talking about. I was talking about this earlier. On Probably the not even Detroit fans. Yeah, it's like, man, I have no idea. Um, and Look, then, the Thunder game was like that for, or the uh, the Timberwolves game. I was like, so I have no idea who these yeah. guys are. That's very true. Well, we knew two of them. Yeah, other than the guys who played for the Nuggets, I got no other clue. We knew Malik Beasley, and we knew, of course, Juancho Hernan Gomez. Um, Nuggets getting into the. We gotta we gotta stay on track here. We're not even on track on the intro, Gordon. What is Keep this? it together. I know, right? Right? What is this unprofessional podcasting here? Um, the Nuggets do they do have two tough games though to close out this week. So they get that home game against Detroit. Then they are on the road against the Los Angeles Clippers. I'm assuming that's a national TV game. I don't actually know. I suppose I could check if I was a professional podcaster, but you know, I'd have that. Ah, it is. Boom. National TV eight thirty against the Clippers in L.A. at Staples Center. And then they close out the week with another, another matinee. I'm really liking this now that football is over. I enjoy these matinee uh, Sunday games Agreed. for the Denver Agreed. They're, they're, they're pretty fun. And they've been at home, too, so we've been getting some great turnout. I guess I should you know, take the family to one of these games here. Well, the Nuggets keep selling out, man. They've had, what, 20 home sellouts on the season? That's not bad for the Denver. It's not bad at all, man. We'll take it. 
We'll take it. Uh, but yeah, so they'll have that matinee game on Sunday against the Toronto Raptors, who somehow are still one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. So I want well, to look again. this up. That's, well, yeah, that's, they do, I guess. Good coaching and players should know who they are. That Both of those things help. Maybe we'll find some time to even dive into a little Canadian national team uh, basketball. Talking about good coaching there in Toronto. And Nerd. Minnesota. I know. I, I was thinking about it the other day, though. I was I, I feel like maybe it was brought up. Somebody, I think it was brought up on the probably on the Thunder broad, bro, broadcast. They were talking about uh, uh, Team Canada and the 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 depth. Yeah, it was because they had you know because Shea Gilgis Alexander, yeah, Shea Murray. Yep. So, um, <laughs> well, we're not going to make it if I keep blathering on like you this. keep telling me we're going to talk about we should just talk yeah. about some stuff man. definitely not getting into canadian national team who am i kidding all right let's get into it so let's start with the week that was the nuggets go one in one like i said they open up against oklahoma city thunder i think my biggest take in that game gordon you can tell me think differently but uh it was it was the first game after the all-star break it it 100% looked like the first Neither game after team the break. looked good right. they were both tragedies it was just a matter of which superstar was going to go ahead and pull it out for his team, and it wound up being not Jokic. Good old Chris Paul. Chris Paul still got look, it. Still yeah. spry. Now, look, you, you're the one who told me last week that the Thunder do not scare you. Did you change your mind, or is that just a post-All-Star game hangover? They'll be fine. Yeah, no, they'll be fine. I mean, uh, what was it? Let's see. I, I can probably get that game. I mean, Stephen Adams right demolished here. everyone. Oh, he demolished the boards, for sure. Like, that was... That was rough um, watching him just get offensive rebound after offensive rebound. But, no, you just, if, if anybody can make a shot, if anybody could decide to do something other than Jamal Murray and Nicole Jokic, you win that game. I mean, I don't, I'm don't. i not afraid of Oklahoma City because they, they're they not going to stop Jokic in any way. I mean, Steven Adams is okay, and he had a good night, 19 and 17. Yes, um, that's actually a great night. But, I would say that's um, more than okay, yeah. Right. Jokic was had thirty two points on fifteen shots. Right, like I mean, it was there was well, no. Yeah, my, thing, was... my thing is that game felt to me a lot like the Portland series, where uh, not that it would go the same way, but that right. it was That's it was point. two guys. You had yeah. two guys trying to carry a limping, unshooting, like out of gas Nuggets team, and that's what that felt like. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was absolutely a. Um, that's a good a good comparison to that Portland games in this Portland series because every single every single other guy it didn't matter who it was Will Barton came on like right at the end um, and and a lot of it was like you know in desperation time right. um, and he he maybe just just prolonged the inevitable for for a minute or two there right at the end and that got him up into double figures but otherwise that nobody else uh, scores in double figures the entire night it was just the Nuggets the, had like the, four guys who made one shot man like it was terrible. Yeah, and the bench was particularly uh, rough as well as we um, – they basically – I don't even know if they scored. They, they, yeah, eventually Monty Morris – that's right. Monty Morris got one bucket in the first quarter to end the first quarter. That was the only points anybody scored other than Murray and Jokic the entire first quarter. So I, I, I think that is probably that, not going to be the norm. And right. I, so I would I would think then that the Nuggets should should generally – be able to handle the Thunder because the Thunder can't take advantage of their the lack of size on the wings. They they can't. They, and they did it, you know, in this game. I obviously this Lou Dort is like, you well, know, Lou I mean, all star apparently. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, he's he's not very good at basketball. I mean, I shouldn't say that. He's way better in basketball than I ever will be. But um, in comparison, he's not that. But he's like he's big, he's thick, and he's all hustle and effort, all man. Like grit. That yeah, guy. That guy, that guy is is the whole hustle, like you know gritty 
dive on the floor. He and Tory Craig are part of the all grit team for sure. Right. Right. Yeah. He's like Tory Craig with like an extra 20 pounds of muscle on him. Right. You know, that, that guy. Yeah. Was... Dort is a bowling ball of like. Right. Yeah. Now he's got dual. We were talking about this before the pod. They got double, double bowling balls this, uh, over this weekend with Dort and then, um, what was the guy's name from Minnesota? Another guy you'd never heard of before. Reed. Reed. Nas Reed. Uh, now he's obviously a bit, bit taller. He plays center. Yeah, but Reed, yeah, he's another guy that but, I yeah. I understand why they like him. I mean, even yeah. though he was doing well, he did the Tory Craig like a foul every minute and a half thing. <laughs> right, right. He was uh, he was getting the most out of his his full six. Well, I guess he got five in that game, so not quite the full six. But anyways, yeah, I mean, so uh, that's uh, you though. I know you think the Thunder are are a team that that could give the Nuggets some trouble, and I mean they gave him some trouble. I don't. I don't necessarily one. know that the Thunder would win, but I think the Nuggets. The Thunder would give the Nuggets trouble, just because Chris Paul is who Chris Paul is, and right. if he's healthy, most of his playoff problems are he pulls a hamstring in Game One. Like that's that's usually fine. his problem. You know, if they yeah. have a if they have a guy on the training staff who can keep Chris Paul's hamstrings in working order, then yeah, I think that's that's gonna be a handful. The Nuggets should still win it, but I think it's gonna be a an interesting series. You know, if, if if you if they had the starting lineup that they had um, out there in this game in the playoffs, I think you would probably shift it right. You'd probably put Murray on Dort, and 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 you might even consider it. Be it might be another series where you end up. What uh, Will Barton ends up going to the bench, or, or yeah, you might not. start Morris for all I know because he takes well, care I of the feel, ball. Like it would be a, feel, you, there are adjustments that you could make. You'd start Tory Craig right, and you'd put him on Chris Paul, and then right. and then you put Gary Harris on on Shea, and you would. You'll take your chances with Lou Dort out there on the wings, and you know, I mean, the other guy you got to worry about who didn't have a good game was it was Gallo, obviously on that team. He is, I mean, I do think he's he's the type of player who gives you trouble if you're going to start Paul Millsap. Gallo um, sucks against the Nuggets usually, <laughs> but he's exactly the kind of player that they would need as a big, long three-four, um, who would give the Nuggets a bit of a handful. I mean, I guess the Nuggets could start their own big 3-4. Who yeah, if they 11. start Jeremy Grant. Then they're, they could or, start yeah, him. Or, they could start Michael Porter. Like, they you could know. start Michael Porter. They're not doing that. They're not doing it. Nope. Um, so I guess the, the, moving on then to the Sunday game, the game that we saw here this uh, early this afternoon as we're recording Sunday night. Um, I didn't. I don't have a ton of takeaways. I don't, I, again, it's, it's weird. I mean, because we just watched a couple hours ago, and I'm like, eh, I mean, it was kind of a – a whole hum win. There was Minnesota was coming in with a very you know mishmash roster without Carl Anthony Towns, without D'Angelo Russell. Uh, a lot of guys still you know obviously Malik Beasley and Juancho Hernan Gomez making their returns, but a lot of other guys you, you really never have heard of. For three um, plus quarters, it was a way closer game than it should have been. Right. Right. They uh yeah because because of the Nas reads and the uh, McLaughlin was um particularly giving him trouble at the point guard position. They, you know, Malik played, played pretty well. They, 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 they got a lot. Minnesota, it was a very, very scrappy game um, from them. And they, they stuck with it until right until basically the, the end of the uh, right. fourth quarter, maybe about like, what, like eight minutes or so. But it was, I mean, I, I, I don't know what else to take away from it, I guess, uh, other than that, other than it was. My, know, okay, my takeaway is why couldn't Michael Porter Jr. play right. against the Timberwolves? I guess let's talk about that. Like, that was the big. So this happens. So it happens in Oklahoma City, right? He plays, maybe play about like three minutes there at the end of the first quarter. Something obviously coach doesn't like. He benches him. 
Um, tonight, it's a, it's a more of a kind of the same. He gets benched. He doesn't even get any chance in the second half, and except for other than when it, when it became kind of garbage time there at the end. Um, and it just kind of feels like is like maybe Michael Porter Jr. Jr. is just like not really in this rotation right now, and I, I don't understand it because. For all indications, up until he got, you know, he hurt the ankle, he was looking really good, and he was—I mean, he he won you a couple games yep. in there. He won that game against Indiana. So, like, I, why, why is it that? I, and my only thing that I can come to is it's just like the—it's like the super old school coaching thing. Like he's the rookie; he's got to earn it. I got a tighter leash on him than anybody else. But I'm out here. I'm watching. I mean, Mason Plumley had a good game today. Don't get me wrong, but I look at Mason Plumley now, and I'm like. Is it really like – I get what you bring. He gives you some continuity in your offense when you take Jokic out. But like do we really – is it really worth those couple of backdoor cuts um, from Monty Morris that, that Mace, Mace might hit him on the on the, the pocket pass there to get to get a layup? Is it really worth those those plays to, to sacrifice Michael Porter Jr.'s time? And I, I mean I don't feel so, feel so, but obviously Coach does. Well, and that's really my issue is I don't know what Michael Porter Jr. is supposed to do that Coach Malone is thinking he's not doing. I understand he misses defensive rotations, but every person in right. this game missed a ton of them. Right. Um, but they all got to play. Like, uh, the fact that he's not letting MPJ play through the mistakes, again, like, we already went through this this season. We had that point in time where he was yanking Michael every time he did something wrong. And was just throwing him on the end of the bench and then wouldn't would go back to him for 25 minutes of game time. Uh, and then we got to that point where, you know, Porter got to get real minutes. And when he got consistency, he played consistently. Right. Yeah, You exactly. know, and so if they're telling me that he's rusty now, well, yeah, he's rusty now. He hasn't played in a minute. So put his ass on the court. Like, right. if you can't find minutes for Michael Porter Jr. when the team that you're playing has basically no starters – and the two starters they do have were like your 10th and 11th man, then I don't understand when you're ever going to play him. The schedule's very hard for Denver down the stretch. And that's not a good excuse for uh, Michael Malone not to play Porter. Like, that's yeah. just, you have to find the time. And if you can't find the time in a game like this, when are you going to find the time? Well, and so, and we were talking about this too a little bit uh, before the pod, but to me, I look at this and, and where do you find the time? I honestly, like, I, I would probably play Mason Plumley less, like, like I was saying, and I would play, yeah. I would play Tory Craig, like, less, like, yeah, Tory Craig played very well, um, in the, in the minutes that he got while everybody was hurt pre All Star break. But there's a cap on what Tory brings, and, and it's, it's pretty redundant to what Gary Harris is bringing to this point. Now, now, it was great to see Gary knock down some I shots. I love seeing Gary make the shots tonight. Right, he he like he shot the ball well. He hit his threes. It was it was good, but for the most part, Gary Harris has been Tory Craig this season. Like there's not a much difference between those two guys. You can't why you can't put two of those guys in there and sacrifice the the guy the the six ten six eleven guy who dominates the boards and shoots forty three percent from three. Like that, it makes no sense. It, and it's it's. It's hurting the team, I think, not only in the long term, but also in the short term. Like this, this guy we see, have seen can win you basketball games with his shooting alone. You're, you don't want him to be rusty 
in the playoffs. So now, now's the only time we got left. Like, honestly, it's, it's, it's late in the game. Yeah. At, at this point to be trying to work him in, right? We should know, like, we should, he should be getting in a consistent spot. The, the rotation should be consistent. That's kind of the idea when you come out of the all-star break, right? Is you've, you spent all this time up to the all-star break, kind of tinkering, figuring out everything that, that you like. You know who your horses are. You're trying to figure out what the pieces are that you put around them. You're dealing with injuries and you're plugging and playing there. <clears throat> you get the time off. You get guys back. You've got time to sit down and think about your plan and figure out where everybody goes. And then you go with it. And But yet here we are once again and it's, well, what are we doing with the, the 8, 9, 10 guys right. in this rotation? And why is it that the guy who is the one guy out of the 8, 9, 10 options that you have, the one guy who can flat out win you a game on his own, why is that the guy who's getting, you know, ruled out? Well, it's weird to me. I, I don't I don't get it. I mean, they traded Malik, and part of the ostensible reason for trading him right. is he was not going to get minutes. And yeah, exactly. that's okay. Or, and to free up minutes for Michael Porter, because you didn't want to keep splitting them between Malik and, and Michael as the shooter off and the Wancho. bench. And Wancho. Yeah, but Wancho wasn't really the, the shooter off the bench. Like, Malik was the guy who was supposed to be a trigger man off the bench. Right, so you cleared you, the deck for Michael Porter Jr. Right, you, you've made so sure thought. that he's going to be your shooter, that that's the guy you put in the game and you feed his ass off the bench and he shoots a bunch of, and he scores, you know, 18 points a game and gets 10 boards. Getting 18 and 10 off the off the bench, that's kind of a big deal. And, but he could do it in like 22 minutes. Yes, like, he has done it in 22 and we've minutes. we've seen that production. Yeah, we've seen it all throughout the season. Like, like you said, you give him consistent minutes, he has given them consistent production. Yep. So it drives me crazy when after the game, Malone's like, well, I got to find a way to, to get him going. Well, play him then. Like, yeah. and that's that's the whole point. If you cleared the the decks, you know, and literally gave up your other bench shooter in order to uh, make sure you had room for Michael Porter, then you're going to have to play him. It annoys me because I, I enjoy the way that Tory Craig hustles. I enjoy the fact that Mason right. Plumley, you know, yeah, it's not a knock on brawls downtown. Guys. No, I like both of those guys. But those guys are not going to win Denver playoff series. Right. Michael Porter Jr. dropping 25 and 10 in the playoffs might win you a playoff series. Right. Yeah. Or, yeah. It might get you a game. You know, that's, he might, he might it, kill you a game all on his own because that's yeah. the guy. Maybe, you know, Murray gets cold and Gary Karras can't hit threes. And you're looking around for another scorer and you put in a guy who's ready because you've played him 25 minutes a game for the last 30 games and he's ready to go. Right, and suddenly puts up 30 points off the bench or something like that and wins, flat out just wins a game for you. His, you know that? Michael Porter Jr. is raw as hell. That's that's just the sure. fact. But his scoring talent is undeniable. It's undeniable. You put that guy in and you put him in rhythm, not in some random come off the bench for two minutes, get benched, wait 25 minutes, come back in garbage time, but real minutes, and he really produces. Yeah. Um, And it looks easy. Like, He's effortless out there sometimes. Yeah, and he's the he's one of the, one of the few guys that I think on this team when he shoots it, he, he there's no there's no second guessing it. Like right. he the, the the if I have one player in the Nuggets who I need to make me a bucket when he's standing wide open at the three point line, I want it to be Michael Porter Jr. because that's the one guy who every single time if he's wide open, you know it. You're like, all right, that's 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 a points. bucket. That Let's move on bucket. with our lives. Yeah, exactly. Where you can't really say that about any other player nope. on this and, team. And I Even love Murray. Like and Murray, the yeah. last six games, has been trying to do that too. But right. honestly, like is the guy that that you believe in as a for a wide open shooter, it's got to be Michael Porter Jr. So why isn't he out there getting wide open shots 
with guys like Jokic who can draw all the double teams. Michael Porter Jr. likes to cut to the basket. We need cutters. So why is Michael Porter Jr. not out there cutting? These are the things that I... The, the last couple dozen games are about playoff positioning, and they're about getting your rotation locked down so that everybody is ready when you go to the real season. Like, the, the NBA gets a bunch of crap for people thinking the regular season doesn't matter. It absolutely does. I love the regular season more than the postseason because the Nuggets have been kind of crappy in most of the postseasons of my life. Right. Or just not been in it. Or not been in it at all. Right. You know, so the regular season means a lot to me. But honestly, when you're looking at the being the defending two seed in the West and you're trying to get that back again, you got to win. And you've got to position yourself. And I understand that, you know, Malone is focused on winning. And he has his trust guys and his guys that got him there. He said again right. after the game that, you know, he owed it to, to some guys to go ahead and, and trust them and play them. And that's why they traded Malik Beasley. Because he had other guys that had, you know, um, contributed to the 54-win season last year. And it was hard to get minutes for other guys. Well, you're going to have to figure that out, man. Because those guys who got you 54 wins last year lost. Yeah, like, you yeah. have to have a different plan, you know, or... And a least, lot of them are free agents at the end of the uh, year. Yeah, you're not going to be able to retain this team. So right. if you want to plan for the future, instead of just winning today, winning today is great, but if you're planning to win a title, you better figure that out. Like, that's right. that's what I want to see from the Nuggets, is not, I, I have to win today, today's the only thing that matters, because then you wind up losing all of your guys for no return, like with Beasley and Wancho and, you know, everyone else who was ever left the Nuggets. Well, they got a first round over Beasley and Wancho. They, yeah, they did. And then, well, I guess we'll see what that turns into. Uh, some other guy that won't get to play because he's not trusted, I guess. <laughs> uh, all right, tell you what, with that, we're, uh, we're going to hit the break. Uh, and then when we come back, we'll turn the page and we will look forward uh, to this upcoming week with the Pistons, Clippers, and Raptors. So hang around. We'll be right back. all been there. When the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest, that's when disaster strikes. The last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business. Maybe your light suddenly won't turn on, or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling. Heck, maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit. Whatever your need may be, give Sun Electrical a call. They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range, and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate, and he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work.
Ah, ah. Oh, that's rough. We're stumbling, stumbling out of the break. But welcome back. It is Akinkosh and Gordon Gross. We are with DenverStiffs.com. Spent the first half of the show talking about the one-on-one week that was. Nuggets lose to the Thunder, win against the Wolves. And, of course, Michael Porter Jr. was sort of the big story coming out of that and his minutes or lack thereof. Nuggets will turn the page now and head towards a three-game week. They are going to start it out with the Detroit Pistons at home, then off to L.A. for the national TV game against the Clippers before coming back home and finishing it up on Sunday in the matinee game against the Toronto Raptors. Gordon, let's let's get into the... Okay, all right, well, Gordon, trivia for you real quick without Googling. Uh-oh. Um, can you tell me three players on the Detroit Pistons who are playing, not injured, and playing? The ghost of uh, Reggie Jackson. No, <laughs> well, he plays for the Clippers now. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm just saying, his ghost, whoever's left <laughs> for, from that deal, I probably can't. Like, honestly, I'm, I'm trying to think of, of who's left for Detroit. Um, even from when we just saw them. Yeah. It's, like, it's quite different. Um, so, did you know Brandon Knight still plays for Detroit? Wow. Well, he does play for Detroit. What is that? Is he still getting minutes? Yeah, it is Brandon Knight. Yeah, he got 20 minutes tonight. Right now in this game, that's, that's wrapping up against the Blazers. Tie game against the Blazers. League pass alert. Who knew? Blazers, Pistons. Yeah, well, I need, we need the Pistons to come through. That would be good. Yeah, do we really care? I, mean, I well, like I don't know. I I would like to wish Nurkic a nice summer early this year. They're they're playing for the right to get swept by the Lakers. I mean, honestly, right? Uh, <laughs> let's just let's just call it for what it is. No, so I uh I wouldn't have been able to too. I looked it up and I was like, oh yeah, that's right. I mean, Derek Rose. I I know Derek, but I'm like I I wasn't yeah. sure if he was even playing still. So because uh, uh, Derek, I always worry about with injuries, but yeah, sure, you never know. You know, there's John I Henson. Know. I know John Henson's there, but yep. Poindexter, as I used to call him. Right. He played for North Carolina. <laughs> yeah, yeah but like, goofy. look, man, like, they have the weirdest rotation. They have the weirdest lineup. I don't I don't understand what they're trying to do other than clear the books. Uh, yeah, that's what that's what they're in full rebuild, rebuild mode is what they're doing. Yeah, they but I don't, have, I don't know they if they have nothing. enough picks to be in full rebuild mode, man. Like, that's it's hard true. to be in full rebuild mode when you're like, well, we got one first rounder and then that's it. Well, let's see. Well, it's a uh, shout out to realgm.com, always the best source for figuring out the future upcoming picks. The Detroit Pistons have an incoming. Yeah, not much. Some incoming. Not much. Rounders. I mean, they got rid of they got rid of all these guys and they didn't get anything for them. They didn't get anything, you know, for for Reggie. They didn't get anything for um, Andre Drummond. Well, no, Reggie, Reggie, they just, yeah, they cut. They cut Reggie. Uh, so what I'm saying is. Like, I don't know what they're doing other than definitely not getting back value for guys that they overpaid for in the first place. Yeah, that's the problem with Andre Drummond. It's like nobody's going to give you anything wrong. They're going to have to pay that contract because they know he's taking that player option, which is like, like a $28 million. Yeah, it's like $28, 29000000 dollars next year. Yeah, for sure. He's a uh, – they were trying to get off that money. Didn't want to pay him. So let's look at that. I guess that – and that shout-out to uh, earlybirdrights.com. That's where I would go if you figure out what the Detroit Pistons cap situation is like and it's uh you know they got they got some man they'll have they'll have some money next year for the, for the cap for sure they only got 80 million guaranteed. yeah but who's gonna go to detroit like <laughs> what's, right what's yeah. your what's your offer i mean that's like who goes to the knicks yeah you have money but what what do i care new york knicks can at least pitch the city yeah i'd be detroit, detroit man it's, it's... <laughs> No, no it's not offense New York, to the good people of Detroit. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's not New York City. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing there in the Pistons. They are headed for long rebuilds because that's the other thing is like there's not a lot of there's not a lot to love uh, in terms of you, young. You have to get your management done right, right? I mean, this is the sort of thing where you rely, you hire Sam Hickey, and you go like, yeah, because they they got rid of they got rid of Luke Kennard, right? Like, yeah. I don't even know. Are any of these guys like where? Who are man, you keeping? Like my thing with the yeah. with the Pistons is, what are you building around? Like, if you're telling me two years from now we're gonna have this, what is this? Well, you got Blake Griffin and his fat contract. Yeah, um, but you know, know one legged like Blake. Still Kennard on the team. He was just in some trade rumors. He must be out right now, though. Um, you got. I Derek mean, Rose for I mean, Swanigan's not gonna. Uh, no, like who? Who they got? Like they got. <laughs> we're trying to like figure out who's on this. Uh, I mean, Derek Christian Wood's been great for them. Don't get me wrong. And I, I'm so happy for Christian because I I wanted him as a deep like development yeah, project when he was he's drafted. Got an ETO, so he's and he's killing it. He's, he's about to make he's about Christian to Wood in. is demolishing people, and I'm I'm happy for him. I really am. Right. Yeah, but like Brandon Knight and and Langston Galloway, like, are you doing anything with these guys? No, John Hanson. No, I mean, like I said, so next year, really, Thon Maker it's... is not like the power forward of the future. So I don't <laughs> like. What are you building? What what rotation are you telling me is taking you back to the playoffs in two years? Do you think anybody would give up some picks for Blake Griffin? How? They're going to get what they got for Drummond. Yeah, because that's another guy, 36, and then he's got a player option for 30. Yeah. 39, 39 it's like, is he, somebody's going to pay him $40 million for bad knees. Like, I don't. You know, if he was healthy, he'd be a good. I'd, I'd, li- I'd like him on Blake this Blake Griffin's roster. amazing. But the problem yeah, is like... he's not amazing when he's not playing. Yeah, I don't know about his locker room either. Well, we have that thing with Kevin Love too. Yeah, we we've heard some things about Blake Griffin and Kevin Love that make me right. not want to trade for either of those guys. I, well, Kevin Love, I'm not like not as much about. Like Blake Griffin is like talk about a guy who like you could have play as your small ball center when Jokic is out and not really miss anything. Blake Griffin the, as an on the court guy is a monster. Yeah, like I he's he's really evolved his game. I think he's now I think he's now one of the more under, most underrated players out there. But it's it's the health issue, right? Look, and, man, the the best ability is availability. Like, right? I I cannot count on Blake. The best thing about Jokic, he's always on the freaking court. Yeah, like I don't have exactly. to worry about it. Whereas with Blake Griffin, yeah, man, I got to worry about it. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Like and, he played. I mean, he played what seventy five games last year, and then this year it's been under twenty. It's been rough. You know, he's, he's been, he's been yeah, 60, he's 60, 35, 65. You know, the last six years, he hasn't been able to stay on the court. Right. Yeah, it's kind of been – it's really what's kind of derailed his career. It's how he ended up in Detroit in the first place. Um, all right, we spent enough time on the Pistons. We're moving on to the Los Angeles Clippers. Like I said, Nashville. Yes, we're going to lose that game, game to the Detroit. Now, moving on. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're going to lose <laughs> – gosh, probably. We're Okay, let's see. Who do you Who are you picking? Who are you picking? I, I like Dumbaya. Uh, to go to off for 30? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, to put 30 on us. Drop a 30 spot <laughs> on the Nuggets. Uh, Maybe go 30 probably. and 15. Yeah. I mean, does he get minutes? Yeah, he's starting. Yep. Yep, that is, that's that, our that, guy. That's precious. Um, all right, so then the, the Nuggets get the Clippers. Um, what is that? I think probably like Thursday. I think they have the uh, Clippers. Friday. It's Friday night game. Hey, all right. I can stay up for that 830 tip. No. Problem. Yeah, they're spacing it out this week for for games, which is that is kind of weird. Yeah, they got they got the game on Tuesday, uh, which makes sense. Day off, then day on, then they take two days off, and then they get back on this weekend. I don't mind it. I like. I very much enjoy the Friday Sunday combo. Um, nope, that works for me. Games. It's and and if you're gonna play eight thirty, you know, because I'm old and I I don't I have to be up early in the mornings. You got kids days. too, man. Yeah. 
That's right. So, you know, they get up in the early regardless. So, uh, it's more likely that I can watch an 8.30 tip on a Friday than on, uh, say, a Tuesday or something like that. So, the Clippers come in. Um, of course, the, the stories is you got, you got Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. They're both, they're both playing. I wonder what LA's schedules like because they might you know could we get lucky could we get a load management game out of the clippers that would be nice odds are not in our favor right i quite already tried that once this year uh nope they they play on wednesday against phoenix so yeah um what I mean, you don't want to count them out, right? You're not going to count the Nuggets out on this game. They're, oh, they're no. going to be up no, for the it. Nuggets are going to play the sure. Clippers hard as hell because that's what they do. Do you like the Clippers matchup more than the Lakers matchup when it comes to playing the Nuggets? Uh, do you mean for them or for the Nuggets? For the Nuggets, like if you had to pick one of those two teams, I would to take play the against, Clips over the over the Lakers. Yeah, I I, th- I think I would too, and it's simply because they. <laughs> They have it's Montrezl Harrell is really good and he, and he usually plays really well against the Nuggets, but he's yes. not Anthony Davis. Like they don't and they don't have the athleticism at the center position. Wait, it basically the the, there's there's they're built to stop perimeter scoring, but Denver doesn't do that. Like right. the, Denver's Denver's not a chuck threes, especially you know, not from the wings. Like because they're most yeah. of the perimeter scoring is going to come from Jamal Murray, who you know like. That that's that's not where you're going to run into the Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Well, I mean, you're still running fly. into uh, Pat Beverly. The right? Pat Beverly and Pat Bev is <laughs> going to harass yeah. Jamal. Yeah. But I think Jamal's better equipped for that this year. Like honestly, it, it's if I'm worried about the Clippers. I mean, I I think the Clippers and the Nuggets is a fairly even matchup. Um, I don't know that I would favor the Nuggets in it, but I would take the Clippers over that because they don't have an answer for Jokic. I don't see right. how they stop Jokic, and I don't see how they stop the 1-5 pick-and-roll necessarily either. So if you get some three-point shooting, <coughs> Michael Porter Jr., <coughs> if you get some three-point shooting, you know, you can take the clips. Like, yeah. uh, because what they're built to stop is the Lakers. Like, right. they built the Clippers to stop the Lakers, and the Nuggets aren't built like the Lakers. So The, the thing you're going to run into is obviously is, is I mean – you're undersized, and you've got to put someone on. You could, I mean, I guess you put Gary Harris on Kawhi Leonard, but then it was so what you put Will Barton on Paul George. Like that's that's going to be your, your Will Barton on Paul George is tough, thing. man. Like that's right. Yeah, where, whoever wherever you decide to put Will Barton, that's going to be where obviously the Clippers should go to attack. Well, yeah, on the, yeah. Well, I mean, Will Will's 175 pounds. Like <laughs> right. Paul George is not. Right. I'm just looking. He didn't play against Sacramento. I wonder if he's out for load management as well. He's, you never know what the Clippers did. The Clippers are one of those teams that, that, that you always wonder, like, can they steal a game here or there because in their, in the regular season? Because they're not, like, they're more than anybody. They're not, they don't care about the regular season. They're playing for the playoffs. and that's, They know what they have. Like, right. all they want is for their guys to get healthy and then say, bring it on. Like that's right. that's what the Clippers are about. The, whether they get the two or the three or the four, they want to have home court in the first, and then bring it. Like whoever gets whoever gets them in the second round, yeah, good luck. Right. Yep. Could be the Nuggets. <laughs> well, and I, um, I kind of think it will be the Nuggets, but yeah, it's it. I mean, there's, there's a good chance of that for sure. Are they uh, so look, Paul George is questionable for uh, the next upcoming game against Memphis. With questionable for Monday's game, right? Uh, really, it's it's about Paul George. If Paul George is 100 percent for the playoffs, um, I mm-hmm. think the Lakers or the Clippers rather are are looking pretty good. And if he's not, then I think that the Lakers or rather the Clippers can get taken by the Nuggets. 
Right. So those are the two guys. The two guys questionable right now for the Memphis game for the Clippers are Paul George and Pat Beverly. That that would be the way you would really, if you for some that reason both those guys ended up being out. <laughs> yeah, like you would suddenly feel way better about this game against Los Angeles because I, I agree. I think it's I think you know Ivica Zubats is a, is a good player. I like him, but he's not he's not going to stop Jokic. Um, and so you probably do you put Harrell on on Jokic instead, and and that'll, that'll happen a lot. But again. I mean, he he can maybe slow him up. He can frustrate him, but uh, he can maybe stop some of what Jokic can do on the boards. But Jokic is still going to score on him without without too much trouble. So, I, I it, it'll, we'll just have to see. I think I really do think it's it's whether or not you know Paul George plays, Pat Beverly plays. Those guys uh, kind of shift this one way or the other, right? Um. <clears throat> All right, next we'll close out the week with the Toronto Raptors, who are surprisingly uh, still one of the top teams yes, in they the are. East, even though Kawhi Leonard – Well, Nick Nurse uh, is a great coach, man. Like, right. that that's just it. Nick Nurse is, is absolutely deserving of every accolade. Um, and he's got a bunch of vets who are focused. Like, yeah. his dudes know what they want. They know what they had last year, and they want to prove they can get it back. Right, That's and that's what you got to remember. Like, this is not – um, a team that that is is totally lost just because they lost Kawhi Leonard. Like they, there was a lot of good pieces around. They him. were very good before him. Right. Like it's not right. like he jumped onto a to a five hundred team and took them on his back to the playoffs. Like they had blown some really good quality uh, leads in a playoff, and uh, he made sure they didn't do that again. But yeah. you know, honestly, like they were, they were always a top one, two seed. Like that was always their thing before he ever got there. Um, and I think that they really have a shot to make things interesting against the Bucks if that's the finals in the East. Yeah, and and well, because they have, I was just, and the guy I wanted to bring up was you know Siakam is obviously the Siakam's one just a monster. Right, he's stepped up and and is filled. You know, he obviously was the most improved player, but. Um, he, he can win it again. <laughs> yeah, he, exactly. He's he's taken that next step, um, to an hour. He's a bona fide star player, and is really like when uh, for the Bucks when you talk about that matchup, like if you're gonna pick someone to put on Giannis, like Siakam's about about as good as you can do, you know, yep. in the entire league. So that's that's a pretty uh pretty good matchup. In, in terms, of, I, I, the Bucks are just so good this year. It's it's hard. To it's see hard to them. see anybody taking them out, but right. Like Stranger Things have happened, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, and I, I, they have they have a bunch <laughs> of last shot. season. Like that, that's it. They they have the chance to over seven games out game. You know, it's not it's not a one game competition. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. And so, uh, and the Raptors, luckily for the Nuggets, though, they've always matched up well against Toronto. Yeah. Like the Nuggets yeah, have yeah. always played Toronto pretty tough. Like uh, I know that they've changed their lineups a bit, but. You know, if you're rolling out Lowry and Siakam and those guys, the Nuggets know how to play them. They've played them well the last few years, whether with or without uh, Kawhi. Yep, and I well, I mean, this year Toronto, they're gonna they're gonna again, they're gonna, another team kind of like Oklahoma City. They're not gonna roll out a particularly big on the wings because they're gonna put, uh, you know, they're starting Lowry with uh, Fred VanVleet in their backcourt, which plays well into Denver, who also has a somewhat undersized backcourt, and then you know you got OG Ananobi. Um, as your small forward, good good defender, tough tough player, long, 
for sure, but not not huge, not a guy you're worried about uh, trying to stop necessarily on the offensive end. I mean, Will Barton is probably going to struggle to score as easily as he would like, but um, you can overcome that. The problem is is Siakam, right? That's going to be yep. where you're – Do you? it's a, something, again, where like Paul Millsap – You're going to have to put Grant out there. But right, Grant – it's like one of those times where you feel like Grant is probably – uh, you know, would, would you would wonder like I I don't think Malone would do it, but it's kind of like you feel like maybe Grant should start this game instead of Mills out, uh, and just have him kind of shadow Siakam. Well, I should I thought Grant my my preferred method is for Millsap to be on the bench and Grant to be in the starting lineup. I agree. I agree. Just, just because of their difference in skill set, um, and then it makes it easier if you don't want to play Plumley, he could play the five. If you do want to play him, Millsap is more of a passer. Uh, and a facilitator than uh, Grant. Uh, they're both hitting threes, uh, but Paul is, is more of that leadership off the bench, um, and Grant seems to flourish a little more when he's next to Jokic. I mean, everyone does, so that's not yeah, really a good course. metric. Right. Like, literally every person on the roster is better with Jokic, so... There's only one guy, There's in the history of the Nuggets, there's only one guy who did not get astronomically better with Jokic. And that is Emmanuel Moutier. And yes. You never understand it, but <laughs> and and that's what, that when you knew that Moutier could not stay. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, because of that, like I I would like that that they would switch it up. I don't mind if um, Malone experiments with the lineup. There's no guarantee. You don't owe Paul Millsap a starting role. He's one of your best players, so you will give him in the rotation. But you get yeah. him in the rotation with the rotation that makes sense for your team. Well, like, and Paul Millsap's a guy who's like it. It makes sense to give him about twenty-five minutes a game. Like, no more than twenty-five. Twenty to twenty-five. Like yeah, that's what exactly. he's been pulling. And any more than that, he's already been injured a bunch this year anyway. Like you need to give him days off to rest. You want him healthy for the playoffs. Right. I mean, so you look at the OKC game. He played twenty-seven. Grant played twenty-one. You look at tonight. He played twenty-six. Grant played twenty. Ideally, you flip. Uh, you flip that, man. Like right. you've got to get. You've got to give Grant twenty-five to thirty, and you want to give Millsap twenty to twenty-five. Which is, I mean, I get it. It's it's tough to say when he, coming off of the he basically killed Minnesota. Yeah. No, he but, plays great, but I don't right. want him to play great in February and then run out of gas in April. Yeah. Like, that's not what I want. Uh, he, if he's playing great in 25 minutes against the starters, he can play even better in 20 minutes against the bench. Yeah, absolutely. Like, go he, abuse the other team's bench. Like, that's totally fine with me. And he, he can give you – he can, I think, can help continue to give that, that bench unit some guidance, help settle them down um, a bit because they do sometimes seem a little bit lost out there. Well, especially, sure. especially with Morris being dragged in with some of the starters again because he's good – Right. Yeah, I don't like leaving the bench to its own devices. Like, there's not enough scorers. There's not enough well, guys. Not, yeah, and not who especially have if you're not playing Michael court. Porter Jr. Yeah, you know? if you're not going <laughs> to play Michael Porter Jr., yeah, like I'm, I I need a guy there to Don't steady keep... the ship, to be able to go get hard interior baskets, to play good defense, to slow. Because I mean, that's really the thing that's been getting the bench played off the court, right? Is defense is being in the wrong spot. So put your defensive center out there, basically, in in Paul Millsap. And let him show, like, make sure everybody's in the right spot so you stop having these point hemorrhages every time you put in a bunch of bench guys that aren't used to playing together. Because I, and I really feel like, like, you can overcome that loss. And we saw it, uh, f- during January, but you can overcome that loss on your defense in a way with your starters. I really feel yes. like, you know, Jokic, A, can be the quarterback now, um, of that defense on, has with been your, without Paul. Group. I mean, yeah. Paul's missed two, you know, a dozen games. He's been that quarterback. Right, exactly, and you've got and, and Murray and Harris know where they're supposed to be now. Right, um, 
and and Will knows where he's supposed to be, and and Will has been really good on defense this year as well. So you know you can really kind of overcome it. Jeremy seems to have figured out his his spot as well. So when he's playing next to Jokic, he plays much better. He understands yeah. better what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, just in my opinion, having watched the season, with the more minutes he gets with Jokic, the better he is on both ends of the court. Right, and I mean, and honestly, I mean that's that's your group going forward. Obviously, you want to get Michael Porter Jr. more and more involved in the future. Um, but Jeremy Grant's your power forward of the future, not Paul Millsap, right? That's yeah. If anyone is, the, yes, it's got to be yeah. Grant. So if you you're, better you're, know you want him to get used to it. You want him to get the minutes. You want him to, you know, uh, flourish in that role. Yeah, and it's. Uh, I mean, it's not likely. I'll just throw it out there. It's not likely the Nuggets are going to retain both Paul Millsap and Jeremy Grant in the offseason. Not without really Millsap taking the MLE. Yeah, exactly. Unless Millsap takes a big pickup, which maybe. Um, but he could also. There's going to be a lot of. There's going to be a lot of contending teams too that might be able to give him just a skosh more, or want to try and figure something out to give him just a skosh more um, to pry him away because he's he is that guy. He's at that point of his career, that vet who's still bring something he's valuable to every playoff team man (laughs) any playoff team you put him on the lakers i'm gonna be pretty pissed yeah like or or the clippers yeah or you know yeah i mean he's uh he's boy man the rockets would probably love him right now the rockets would adore him like he'd be great for the bucks like you know you're looking at guys if he's Millsap's gonna get the next three years to ring chase really and the question is whether he wants to ring chase here or somewhere else but either way, he's not going to get paid what he's been paid, and you hope that he takes And he's the... not going to be your starter. And he's not going to be your starter. He's going to be a bench guy who's absolutely killing it for a smart team. Yeah. The Heat, so like any any of these teams yeah. are going to like love to have him. So wherever he goes, he's going to be a bench guy, and he should know that. Yeah, absolutely, and that, that's true here. But I, I, to me at this point, like – I don't necessarily say you need to make the transition 100% with Jeremy Grant, but I, there are times when I would pick and choose in this Toronto game. A Toronto game is absolutely uh, available he, for that, yeah. It's one of those games where I would I would probably start Jeremy Grant. All right, tell you what, we are going to close it up here, but before we get out of here, as always, we like to give our predictions for the week. So, Gordon, what are you thinking on the three games on the docket? How will the, ne- the Nuggets fare? I'm going to go 2-1, and one, and they probably drop Detroit. Like, I, kid, I kid about that. <laughs> But, like, the Nuggets have absolutely shown me that they ball with the best teams. Like, they lost to L.A. in overtime while shorthanded. Yep. To the Lakers, rather. You know, they they took out the Bucks. They took out, you know, Utah with no yeah. one. Yeah. You know, like, the Nuggets ball out against contending teams. So, I expect them to ball out against the Raptors. It's not a back-to-back. So, you know, the Clips yeah. and the Raptors, they've got enough rest for both. I... I give them a especially if uh, either George or um, Pat Bev or both can't go, take them. All right, so I like yeah, I like two, two I like two and one as well, but I I do think they get the win against Detroit and then they split these two tough games. I'm not sure which one. Um, Come on, man, pick one. I like them to beat beat LA and then lose to Toronto. Okay, uh, on Sunday. That's that seems like as something. Look, Jamal, they would do, Jamal losing to the Raptors. I don't think so. <laughs> That's right. Not losing to Nick Nurse. Um, that, that His future Team Canada coach. That's right. That's right. Team Canada, like we were saying. I tell you what. Uh, Team Canada, real quick, Gordon. Do they get a medal in the 2020 Olympics? No, but they're in the picture. All right. I like that. I like that. I, t- I like them for the bronze. 
And um, with that, we are going to close out the Pickaxe podcast. I am at Zach Nikosh on Twitter. He's at GMoneyNugs. Make sure you guys are also following the show at Pickaxe Podcast and the channel at Denver Stiffs. We are also over on Instagram at the Denver Stiffs and on Facebook. Make sure you are also subscribed to the podcast channel, the Denver Stiffs podcast channel. That's where you will find this show, Nuggets Numbers, The Dig, and the Denver Stiffs show all conveniently coming direct to your podcast listening device every day of the week, or at least most days of the week. So make sure you guys are subscribed to that to get all of that content. Gordon, as always, sir, it is... Good to have you on. Good to be back after the All-Star break. Back in the saddle. The Nuggets are back in the saddle. They won this game and after dropping the one at, at the uh, right after the break. And now they should be back on target with, what, the fifth hardest schedule to go? So let's, let's see how it goes. Let's go. All right, everybody. We will talk to you next week. This is-